Hi, my name is Mukuka Chapanta. I'm an aerospace engineer and the award-winning author of the novel A Casualty of Power. I'd like to invite you to listen to my new podcast entitled Kutika, which means listen in Bemba. Kutika is a collection of short stories written by me and adapted for radio. Each time, I use a different actor to narrate one of my short stories. They are all works of fiction that tackle topical social issues affecting Africa today. The stories are modern, entertaining, and fun, and sometimes quite sobering. I hope you enjoy them. Kutika can be downloaded for free on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, or post a review. It helps others find it, as well as maintain our sponsors. With that said, here we go. A Home Blessing, a short story written by Mukukachpanta and performed by Nene Nwoko. Part 3 Father Chandamfula folded and unfolded his sweat-stained handkerchief several times before dabbing it against his forehead. The strain on his face was evidenced by the tightness around his mouth. He and Father Emmanuel had barely said two words to each other during the one-hour drive to the Archbishop's office. Their appointment with his worship was scheduled for 10 a.m., but they had made sure to arrive approximately 20 minutes ahead of time. Father Chanda glanced at his wrist once again. It was now 18 minutes past the hour, but the door to the archbishop's office was still shut. It's well past 10 o'clock, Father Chanda whispered nervously. It's unlike him to be late. Emmanuel was sitting next to him. He was silent, his back slumped and his hands pressed inside his lap. He had the air of a man contemplating his last moment before being taken to the gallows. Almost a year earlier, Emmanuel had sat in exactly the same seat outside of Archbishop Evariso Campamba's office. The circumstances then were vastly different from those of today. He recalled how nervous he had been at the time, a freshly ordained priest from the seminary. Yes, he could remember it vividly as though it had happened just yesterday. Being called into the wood-paneled office festooned with floor-to-ceiling bookshelves, Emmanuel had sat across from Archbishop Campamba, unable to concentrate, all the while wondering why he had been summoned. I have been told good things about you, Father Emmanuel, the Archbishop said. I hear you have been blessed with a gift, Father the gift of oratory to deliver the good news to Christ's flock. A thousand-pound weight had been suddenly lifted from Emmanuel's shoulders. Father Emmanuel, the Lord blesses each one of us with different gifts. He had leaned back into his chair. Some can heal the sick, others have a wellspring of compassion, and still others can rally Christ's flock to move mountains. He had waited for Emmanuel to nod his head in concurrence. This is what makes Christ's body, the Catholic Church, so effective. Father Emmanuel, 
Your gifts are sorely needed at St. Augustine's Parish. I have decided to post you there for the time being. You will be under the tutelage of Father Chandamfula. He will instruct you on how best to be of use. Your mission will begin immediately. He had not waited for the young man to respond. With a wave of his hand, he dismissed Emmanuel to go off to his new assignment. Father Emmanuel's musing ended abruptly when the door to the archbishop's office opened suddenly. Father Chanda was first to his feet. Good morning, your worship. I, we, it is so good to see you. It is so good of you to have invited us to your office. Truly good of you. Archbishop Kampamba stood tall and imposing. His facial expression difficult to read. You may enter. He stepped back into his office. Father Emmanuel's hat leapt into his mouth. His palms grew sweaty. There was nowhere to hide now. He would have to face the consequences of his actions. Mama Harriet watched from a distance as her next-door neighbor, Mama Esther Simfukwe, the one whose husband was always away on so-called business trips, chased down a chicken in her fenced-in coop. The birds scampered about, flapping their wings, feathers and dust rising into the air. It took several attempts before Esther won the battle and circled her right hand over the base of the chicken's wings. It clucked and screeched in vain as she made her way to unlatch the wire gates in front of her. Mama Harriet was first to extend a greeting. Good morning, Mama Esther. Mwashiboke ni mukwai? Ah-ah, morning, Mama Harriet. I didn't even see you. How long have you been standing there? Long enough to see you chasing that chicken around. I can see they are giving you a good morning exercise. Mmm, Allah. I tell you, it's getting harder and harder these days. I think old age has certainly arrived. Esther made her way to where Harriet was standing. She was several years younger than Mama Harriet, but you couldn't tell by the way she looked and carried herself. Harriet was convinced that Esther's husband had another woman or women, elsewhere. But who could blame him? Any smart woman knows that all men have wandering eyes, and in order to keep them coming home, a woman must take care of her appearance. You are not working today? Esther asked. Mama Harriet shook her head. I'm on leave this week. Oh, that's good. I am sure you will get a chance to rest a bit. Esther tightened her grip on the chicken as he made a last gasp attempt to escape. The two women stood on either side of the shoulder-high fence separating their two properties and exchanged their usual tittle-tattle about the high price of milly-mill and the ever-increasing bus fares. Mama Harriet turned her head and glanced over to her kitchen in the distance. She could see Zelda through the window, busy with her morning chores. Harriet sucked her teeth loudly before turning back to face Esther again. Father Emmanuel Zimba's visit the previous day was still fresh in her mind, but one thing in particular rankled her the most. That look Zelda and the young priest had exchanged. She was convinced there was something more to it and she was hell-bent on getting to the bottom of it. What is the matter, Mama Harriet? You seem troubled by something. 
the chicken in her hand had considered defeat and was now hanging still. Mama Harriet sucked her teeth again and squeezed her face into a prune. It's that girl, Zelda. If I was not such a woman of God, I would have fired her on the spot yesterday. Oh? What happened? Harriet didn't need much prompting. She gave a frame-by-frame account of what had transpired in her house the previous day. When Harriet was done, Esther mulled over the information for a moment. Finally, she spoke carefully. So you think there is something going on between this young priest and your housemaid, Zelda? Hearing the words spoken out loud made the whole notion sound incredulous. Well, Harriet said, I know what I saw. But Mama Harriet, a priest and a servant girl like that? Harriet adjusted her chitenge cloth around her waist. If there is something going on, I intend to find out just what it is. Did you ask the girl herself? Of course not, Harriet hissed. She would obviously deny it anyway, so I didn't even bother to ask. Esther bit her bottom lip and nodded. Hmm, yes, that is true. Harriet glanced back at her house one more time. Zelda had disappeared from the window. I can tell you this. If there is something going on, I will not stand for it. Such indecency under my own roof. I guarantee you that he and that girl will be gone. Esther nodded her head in agreement. Mama Esther, I need you to keep your eyes and ears wide open. If that girl is doing something behind my back, I want to know about it. Um, yes, I will definitely keep an eye on her. Ah, our sure, these young girls of today. Esther put her free hand on her hip and shook her head in disgust. Mama Harriet looked beyond her neighbor's shoulder to the chicken coop behind her. So, do you have any dressed chickens? I'll take two and you can add them to my account. I'll make sure to settle everything with you at the end of the month. Archbishop Kampamba sat down in his leather armchair and signaled for Father Chanda and Father Emmanuel to sit down in the empty seats in front of his desk. Father Emmanuel's heart was pumping a storm inside his chest. Emmanuel remembered the office well. It had not changed since the last time he was here. To the right of him, Father Chanda sat uncomfortably on the edge of his seat. The archbishop pulled his chair closer and reached for a set of documents on top of his desk. Father Chanda produced a handkerchief from his pocket and wiped his brow nervously. Bishop Kampamba shuffled through some papers for a moment until he found what he was looking for. Then he peered above his spectacles at the two men sitting in front of him. I have received some very disturbing news about something happening at St. Augustine's Parish. When this news came to my attention, I immediately summoned the two of you so that I can get to the bottom of it without delay. Emmanuel stared bleakly at his feet. He thought about his life and how he had always desired to serve the Lord as a priest in the Catholic Church. An image of his mother smiling proudly at his ordination flashed through his mind. 
He recalled how the priest who had presided over the ceremony had praised his mother for having raised him in the faith. How disappointed! How heartbroken she would be if he were to be shamed or even removed from the priesthood altogether. Emmanuel swallowed hard. How had things become so complicated? He had never intended to fall in love, but love can be an unruly houseguest, caring nothing for rules and rearranging the carefully arranged furniture in one's heart. Archbishop Kampamba picked up one of the loose sheets of paper from his desk and held it between his fingers. I received word from an anonymous source alleging financial impropriety at St. Augustine's parish. Emmanuel raised his head abruptly. What? What? Father Chandamfula immediately fell to his knees, trembling. Hey, your worship, please, I beg of you, have mercy on me. Tears were streaming down his cheeks. It's my mother. She's been very sick. I had to pay for her to go to South Africa for treatment. Emmanuel couldn't believe what he was hearing. Father Chanda had been embezzling money from the church coffers? And this meeting was not about his affair with Zelda? A mixed bag of emotions engulfed him. Shock and relief in equal measure. The archbishop placed the sheet of paper back down onto his desk. The expression on his face was still undecipherable. He waited patiently for Father Chanda's theatrics to subside before he spoke again. So it is true, said Bishop Kampamba. When I first heard it, I did not want to believe it. For two years now, we have seen remittances from St. Augustine's Parish to the Archdiocese dwindle, but I could not make heads or tails of it. After I received the tip, I asked my accountant to conduct a complete and thorough audit of St. Augustine's account, and sure enough, there were large expenses that could not be fully explained. Father Chanda pleaded again and again for forgiveness. Emmanuel felt pity for his portly parish priest. You have disgraced yourself, Father Chandamfula. Your behavior is dishonorable, criminal, and unbecoming of one given the august responsibility of leading Christ's flock. Please, muemfumu, kanavesa, napapata. Father Chanda cried out, but it was too little too late. The archbishop would not be deterred from his decision. I cannot have this situation continuing under my watch. I am removing you from the position of parish priest and placing Father Emmanuel here to act in an interim capacity forthwith. This story will be continued in our next episode. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave us a rating or post a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me at Chipanta Mukuka on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out my website, mukukachipanta.com, for updates and information about my upcoming events. Until next time, stay tuned. <laughs>